Thanks for listening to the Best of the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcasts live every day from... Uh, it's pretty cool in California today, right? Pretty cool. Actually, kind of cold, if you really want to get down to it. <laughs> it. I mean, California cold, so it's not really, really cold. If you're going to get a snow and ice storm, uh, we apologize. Snug Outlip Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Happy, uh, is it Wednesday? Is that what day it is? It, 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 did anybody else get this way where you get to where you're a holiday completely throws you off your equilibrium where you don't know what what day it is ramos are you that way do you know that it, did you know that it's wednesday do you know it's a hump day i did yeah but holidays definitely can throw you off yeah though uh the people that picked up our garbage our garbage people or i don't know what we call them is that what we call garbage man i don't i don't want to is that the proper terminology i sure. don't want to sell it short sure um, short, short. Uh, breaking news from TMZ. John Ramos calls people who collect trash garbage people. <laughs> trash. trash. Anyway, they picked up our trash on Tuesday, and I said, oh, we weren't sure you were coming today. And he said, we don't consider the President's Day a holiday. Because they don't, don't pick up trash on after major you know, holidays. I thought it was a holiday myself. They said it is not a holiday. Therefore, they were ready to go on Tuesday. Well, that that I knew. I mean, I I did get that. Uh, I did get that from my. Uh, I did get that from my email, I believe, right? Which was that trash would in fact come, and um, so I, yeah. I mean, um, that that one to me is really really funny that it's a holiday except for all government offices, for all schools, but not for trash. <laughs> Jay Stu, is that normally what happens? I think it is, and um, and you know the actually the sanitation workers of America actually just tweeted at the show. Uh, we don't appreciate I, John Ramos calling us garbage people. See, I knew uh, that but, was but it's no big deal. <laughs> a great way to start a Wednesday, though. Sorry, yeah, I, I knew I that mean, was right. Huh? I knew that wasn't right. That's why I was hesitant to say. John, John, we're kidding. Okay, John, <laughs> John. We're kidding. The sanitation workers of America did not, in fact, contact. Did, did not contact <laughs> okay. us. Okay, I feel they, better. They now. did not. They did decide to take the word "gullible" out of the dictionary. There, John. So. <laughs> uh, uh, um, all right, let's let let's get to what I think is the story of the day. Okay, the vaccine mandate is no more in New York City. Right now, remember this is a kind of curious rule. Okay, um, it's kind of a curious rule that only affected people who lived in New in New York City proper or worked in New York City. If you know, it's basically like a like a like a home team issue. You know, just bizarre, absolutely positively bizarre. Reminder: Check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. Present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Here's the new mayor of New York City, 
saying uh, saying that the vaccine mandates are going to go away. We must do it in a smart way, and people are going to look back later and say he made the right decisions. We're going to get the city back up and operating, and we're going to be rolling out some things in the next a day or so on how we're going to carry that out. I can't wait to get it done. I'm really proud of how we responded as New Yorkers. I always stated I'm going to follow the science. I'm not going to get ahead of the science because I'm ready to get ahead of all of this, but I look forward to the next few weeks uh, going to a real transformation all right, so that's New York City's mayor. So that allows Kyrie Irving to play full-time. And the Nets in the second half of the season have said that Ben Simmons is weeks away. And, and I understand, like, look, I'm with you. You're not playing all year. Why aren't you in shape? Why aren't you ready to go? There is a difference between being in playing shape and being in game shape, right? You, go, you can't go from zero to 100 and you want to ramp up. No telling if he's going to play on their G League team or how they're going to get him ready. But what you're going to have here is you're going to have a celebration that Kyrie Irving was right and that everybody else was wrong. Look, I don't think the peculiar rules over if you lived in New York City, you had to be vaccinated. I mean, I understand what it is. It's we don't want to cut down on tourism. That's one of the lifebloods of New York City and people who travel in and out of New York City. But we want people in New York City to do the right thing. And so we want to have to have a mandate. And it is also interesting that Adam Silver only came out critical of the mandate after it appeared as though all the numbers were pointing to, you know, the pandemic being feeling like it's relatively over for now, right? With some sort of pause. So I look, I don't want to get in the mandate talk, the vaccine talk, the mass talk, because honestly, like so many of us, I, I don't, I'm just exhausted by it. I've I've shared with you my personal stance time and again. I still think that Kyrie Irving, like, if we can sit here and go like, well, he was right because look what happened. Was he? That team blew up. And a good portion of the reason that team blew up was Kyrie Irving couldn't play in, the, in all the games in the first half of the season. So the Nets, for most of the season, said like, you know, we don't really want you. We, we can't do the part-time thing. And they only acquiesced to the part-time thing not when the numbers, but when there was such a ridiculous amount of injuries, the choice was G League players who aren't even in their G League system or Kyrie Irving for half the time, and the choice was easy, Kyrie Irving for half the time. But but if, if you are purely result-oriented and you think that the result in Kyrie Irving getting to play while not being vaccinated is a win, I give you the fact that the... Uh, <laughs> that the Brooklyn Nets, okay, as of now, despite the fact that previous to these moments, they had James Harden, Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving all on their roster. Okay, they had, I believe, an 11-game losing streak before winning, uh, before winning a couple games and then losing the last game before the end of the first half of the season. They're 31 and 28. They trade away James Harden for Ben Simmons, who also hasn't played so far this year. That is not a win for Kyrie Irving. Destroying the fabric of the team that you play for is, is and and ultimately being allowed to play while not being vaccinated, I don't believe is a win. On the other hand, I do really like this team. Like that, that's where I feel like I've, I've always been able to be honest with you is 
Like, look, I think Kyrie is out there. I think there are things that he does that defy logic or really common, well-thought-out sense. I think he's one of those guys that was told, you're really, really bright, and you start to believe it a little bit too soon, and you get sort of artificially eccentric. And you read books and want to be... You want to be seen as different instead of just being different. You want to be seen as smart instead of just being smart. But he's a marvelous talent as a basketball player. And the truth is that the Ben Simmons piece fits better with Kevin Durant, fits better with Kyrie Irving than James Harden did. Just three guys playing take ball, that ain't it. You have to have guys that fill roles, and not everybody needs to be a shooter. You're still going to need Ben Simmons to take shots and to be more confident. But I actually think he's a better fit, and now it all seems to be coming together for the Nets as opposed to some of these other teams who played very well in the first half of the season, but there's going to be a top-out in terms of their overall talent, and those pieces actually fitting together better. You know? I just, it's, it's no different than, it's no different why I've never liked the Lakers, why I like the Nets. It doesn't have anything to do with who you like and who you don't like. It's that Russell Westbrook, not a shooter, and he's a high-volume guy. He also doesn't defend all that well. He doesn't play great team basketball, and so he's been really hard to fit in with, and he's used to having the ball in his hands. Well, guess who has the ball in their hands when they play? LeBron James. And guess who he's trying to get the ball to? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis not healthy. The Lakers are still old. None of them can defend. That's a flawed deal. Not because you like or dislike guys. It's the same thing with the Brooklyn Nets. I don't like the way in which Kyrie has purported himself in Boston and in Brooklyn. I don't like the fact that he tries to question other people's intelligence by trying to make himself look way smarter. I don't love that. And I'm not going to, I'm not, I don't think it's a win for him that he destroyed his team. And luckily, because Ben Simmons' relationship was so bad, they were able to get Ben Simmons traded to them. They're going to be good, they're going to be championship caliber good. But refusing to get the vaccine did not help them on that path. It only hurt them on that path. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Dana Jeremiah will join us at the top of next hour. Antonio Daniels will join us upcoming in about five minutes. Um, <laughs> it's the middle of the week, right? Uh, Jay Stu, how long have you been doing this? Radio? Yeah. Oh, man, since uh, 96. What is that? 20, 25 years? 25 years? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mount Rushmore radio topics for what? And we got a cool intro, right? Stuck in the middle with you. It's time for... The Midway. <laughs> I love the intro. Okay, so um, you saw first take. Yeah. I was one of those lazy <laughs> sports radio topics. 
I was watching first take, and yeah. the, the subject of the panel, uh, led by Stephen A., was what is your Mount Rushmore of NBA players? And I'm thinking, wow, what a slow news day, right? And I got I got this contribution from a colleague on Twitter who asked me, what is your personal Mount Rushmore of lazy, unimaginative sports topics? And I thought, that sounds like a pretty good radio segment, don't you think? The Midway. Okay, so you can only pick four, right? There are four. Yeah, I, f- I figured between us we could we could do our Mount Rushmore. Uh, John's got a pretty good one if you want to start. John? Mine would be, what quarterback would you want to start your franchise with? Oh. <laughs> we'll take your calls. Yep. Which quarterback currently in the NFL would you want, if you had a chance, who would you start your franchise with? Which one? Give us a call. Okay. Dan, do you have one? Yes, and mine is mine is seasonal. It's time specific. But every spring, guys, guess what? Let's do a spelling bee of sports names. Oh, the spelling bee. The spelling bee. John Spelshashevsky. That one. Every single May when the script <laughs> spelling bee comes on, a sports show will certain sports shows will do the spelling bee. But the twist, sports-related, folks. Sports-related spelling bee. (laughs) Uh, I mean, I think the layup, and this is a real lazy uh, submission, by the way. What's your what's your guy's favorite sports movie and and why? Oh, sports movie. <laughs> That's usually the topic on the Monday before the MLB All Star Game when there is oh. exactly zero to do or talk. About. Also, though, I will say, Oscar day after the Oscars or Friday before the Oscars could also be an option for that. Um. Okay, I got one. I got one. You guys ready for this one? Who has the best fan base? Right? <laughs> Best fan base in whatever sport. And why? The Midway. <laughs> so yeah. bad. It's amazing that... Uh, well, of, I got one. Yeah. I got one. I got one. Um, could said great college team beat worst pro team in the pro sport? Ah, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very good. Yeah. MJ versus LeBron is another. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say the GOAT conversation in any sport. I mean, the Brady-GOAT conversation is right up there with LeBron's well, the GOAT. Any, any, and we, we've, we've gotten to the point where there's multiple GOATs. Uh, multiple GOATs, which I always thought greatest is a singular. You know? Yes. Somehow we've gotten past that. Guys, who do you think? Do you think Pete Rose should get into the MLB Hall, Hall of Fame? Of May, oh, yeah. great question. We'll take your call. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, that's I, something I just thought I, of right I, now. I, actually, it's very good, but I do think that we've updated it to Barry Bonds. I think that now it's it's gone from the betting to the like the steroids, but the same premise. I got one that's that's more recent. Um, uh, Colin Kaepernick, you know, he could totally start for said football team. <laughs> Love that. On a side note, guys, uh, do you think that the Warriors could have beat the '96 Bulls? <laughs> <laughs> the crazy, uh, the crazy thing about this one is that it's it's resolved itself in the last few years. But up until about three or four years ago, should college athletes be paid? Yeah, yeah. Could co- said college basketball team go undefeated? Right. Um, Doug, if you had to redraft the 1991 draft <laughs> in the NBA, who would you would you have taken Michael Jordan, or would you have taken? I mean, who would you have taken if, if we had to redraft today? 
Oh, oh that's a good one. It's Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Let's get to Antonio Daniels. He joins us, a member of the Spurs 1999 NBA championship team. He played 13 years in the NBA. He's a color analyst for the Pelicans. Before we get to the, the Pelicans discussions, um, th- there's at least some talk in basketball circles. No Manu Ginobili, no Tony Parker on the 75th anniversary team. You you obviously played in San Antonio. You know the culture of that place. You've covered the Spurs as well. Uh, of the two, who would be most deserving? Oh, man. Come on, Doug. This how we're going to start this off? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think there's a correct answer. Because you, you don't have one of the two the other way. You know what I mean? And I know that that's not good for video and it's not controversial. But... I don't think there is a correct answer with this one. Okay. Would you be willing to take somebody off the 75th anniversary team? Because to get no, them on, you've got to take somebody is, off. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, if I'm going to take somebody off, um, I, I feel like there are guys that should be on. Because I, I tell you my problem with the 75th anniversary. If there's no criteria... Right. So is it based on numbers? Is it based on resume? Because I can guarantee you, if you take the names away and just put numbers next to each other, there are certain guys that would easily make it over other guys that are on the top 75. I'll give you a quick example. Take the name, take the perception um, away from Dwight Howard. Put his numbers and resume next to Anthony Davis's, and tell me which resume you're taking. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, absolutely taking Dwight Howard, absolutely positively taking Dwight Howard. But um, you know, it's his. He's you know what he is. He's Russell Westbrook. It's funny that they're on the same team now. He's Russell Westbrook in that the numbers. There is no way you cannot put him immediately in on any list, right? But Ooh. either of them, either okay. Russell Westbrook and Dwight Howard. The reality, right. the reality, though, is that Howard did struggle to adjust when he played on better teams. He didn't evolve. You know, he never developed a post game. Right? Like we can, we can hold these things against him. It's the same thing as, as as Russell Westbrook, right? He put up all these stats on teams that didn't win anything in the playoffs, and he, he averaged a bunch of assists for a guy that's not not a great passer. He's a volume shooter, not a good one, and the rebounding stats are kind of inconsequential, right? So again, if you go by numbers, why are they inconsequential? Because it doesn't it doesn't matter if he rebounds the. I, I'd actually want my point guard to not rebound the basketball and get deeper out for a for an outlet pass okay, to trigger but, my but fast this break. Is, this is, but this is Doug Gottlieb's criteria. Yes. This is the problem that no, I have with I, any I, list. I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Okay? like That's like, look, any list I start in modern-day basketball, you talk about the best players. To me, you start mm-hmm. with LeBron. To, to me, you start with, with, uh, with Michael Jordan. And then below it, you have the, the like a three-headed monster of, of Magic, Bird, and LeBron. Yes, I agree with you. We, we agree. There's no... That's where when there's when no one says, "Hey, there's a criteria." Doesn't the criteria automatically become winning? No, I don't think so. Okay, that 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 that's safe for us to assume. 
But I don't think that th- – this is my problem with all these lists, though, is they're put out, and there's never any criteria attached to it. It's like, okay, top 30 guys in the league. Boom, one through 30. And a lot of times I feel like these lists are put out strictly for debate purposes, strictly for guys like you and me and guys on other platforms to kind of talk about why this guy should be here and that guy should be there. There's no criteria. You know what I mean? Because if winning was the criteria, there are certain guys that wouldn't be there. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, all right, Antonio Daniels joining us in the Doug Gottlieb Show. You've always been an honest salesman. What, what's uh-huh. your do? You, what's your take on the recent discussion over Zion Williamson and not communicating with new teammates being set aside from old teammates? Uh, what what is what is your opinion of the discussion? You're not going to like my response. I think that we are losing something here. Um, I think in the past couple of years, something has been brought to light that we don't want to discuss. Okay. We don't want to talk about. Um, DeMar DeRozan talked about it. Kevin Love talked about it. Uh, ben Simmons talked about it. Let, let, let's, let's, let's practice empathy here, okay, Doug? I, I believe we're around the same age, right? Mm-hmm. Zion's old enough to be our son. Imagine how it would feel if every time you open social media, there were jokes about how heavy you are, how big you are. Imagine that. You know, people showing you eating or comparing you to other cartoon characters or whatever it may be. Not, not just not the physical aspect, the mental aspect that that takes on you. I heard Ben Simmons say a little while back, like, I was in a really dark place. And you think to yourself, golly, this dude is 24, 25 years old. He has a $150 million contract. What can put him in that dark place? Think of all that he's heard over the past year that could put a, a young man in that dark place. Zion, Zion, when he was drafted by the New Orleans Pelicans, was two years removed from prom. Right? And now he's the face of a franchise. The face of a franchise. Got injured, and all hell broke loose. This is a young man from South Carolina that's never heard a real bad word about himself but was elevated to stardom quickly, quickly. Jordan Brand, Gatorade, 2K, you name it, he got it. But now the moment adversity hit, now all hell broke loose. We see it with athletes all the time. We saw the same thing with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant was beloved in high school, in college, and in OKC. Not until he changed and went to Golden State did all hell break loose. Where now everybody was coming at his head. Well, I'll actually I'll, I'll I'll help you and support this with this. Do you remember what happened when KD played poorly against the Memphis Grizzlies? Yeah, I, th- I yeah I was there. Yeah, they, it was to the point they apologized to him. Wait, okay, so wait, wait, so, so hold on. Let me let me explain to everybody else who for, who's forgotten something you lived through, which is uh, the Daily Oklahomans now called the Oklahomans, the big newspaper, one of the two big newspapers, the biggest one in Oklahoma. Their headline was Mister. Unreliable, and and the un was spelled you know was a different font than reliable, and the idea is like Kevin Durant has been the most reliable guy, the clutch scorer, and he wasn't he was they weren't closing out games against the Grizzlies, they were such in such protection mode in Oklahoma City that they actually made the Oklahoman take down the headline and apologize for it, right? But that that again then there again is kind of the issue and it's not with Zion it's not with KD maybe it's a little bit with KD but it's the 
we treat guys with kid gloves for so long that by the time, you know, we, we basically give them water wings. And then we throw them in the deep end and wonder why they can't swim. Right? We, we, yeah, we don't, we, we don't criticize don't, guys. Go ahead. Right. We have to understand this generation is not us. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't say to my daughters anymore, when I was your age, they don't care. You know what I mean? They could care less about that. Just like today's guys in today's NBA, like we say, man, back in our day, they don't care. Because today's NBA as a whole, the game has evolved. The world that we live in is completely different. You know what I mean? This is a, so when we were growing up, was there a point that in one of your games or when you did something that wasn't right, that people could constantly just come at you via social media? No. They had to come to your face and say it. But we live in a world now where guys are being attacked constantly via social media. That's why the mental health aspect of professional sports is underlined. That's why people don't want to talk about it much because people automatically assume, well, if you're young and you're rich and you made a lot of money and you're famous, you should be able to take it. This is something that comes with the territory. So don't tell me somebody who has a nine to five, what somebody told me yesterday. Well, when we all fail, we all have to hear criticism. No, we don't hear criticism the same. The voice is not as loud for certain people as it is to certain athletes. Zion, again, a, from a small town in South Carolina, was thrust into stardom. You know what I mean? And everything was given to him quickly. Hell, he earned it. The number one pick in the draft. I get it. But now the moment that things don't go right and now you're not being praised, you're being made fun of, you're being taunted, you're being ridiculed, you're being criticized, and then he goes dark and people get mad at him for going dark? We saw Ben Simmons do the same exact thing. There's a pattern that's developing here, Doug, and it's not a healthy one. Okay. Uh, here's, here's the pushback. I understand it's got to be really, really hard you know, to be on social and to be being called fat. Um, and and to being and these injuries are seen as freaks of nature, no fault of his own. Mm-hmm. But but the, the, the but the pushback is, we knew he was heavy. We knew his body was an issue, and there were people saying for a long time he can be as good as he wants to be. He's that dynamic. But man, I don't know if you can carry all that weight. And one of the things that allows the greats to be great is a level of personal self discipline. That okay. it, it take it okay. that that it that it takes to to work, and and if you and and the 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 story now is that he's disconnected, but the story previously was he constantly wasn't coming in in shape that he has bad eating habits, right? And you see, if there's one thing you can take from LeBron James, maybe you don't have a million dollars to spend on your body, That's but not, yeah. that but but that That's but that fair. guy that guy has dedicated his life to taking care of his body, and that's why so, he's 37 and he'll okay. play at 40. Okay, but, but the thing that we're not understanding here, if we're going to compare everyone to LeBron James, like think about what let, – let, let, let's take this out of the let, – let's make this more personal, okay? When you were 21, yes. when you were 21, did you have it all figured out? No. Did you, did you have it all figured out about how to take care of your body and, yes. and how to position yourself further down the line? Did you have it all figured out then? Well, my so body, in, term, in, terms of, in terms of eating? In terms of eating and taking yes. care of myself? Absolutely, yes. Yes. Absolutely, when you yes. were 21 years old. Yes. When you were 21 years old. Okay. Yes. Well, I tell you what. Me being 21 and even being drafted, number four in the draft, I didn't have it figured out. 
I, I, I didn't I, have I, figured out at 21 I, years I, old. I understand. I say, I'll, I'll, and, I'll, and, and look, the, the, the reason was that I was told and I believed was, hey, dude, you're not good enough to eat what everybody eats. You're just not. Like, in order to, in order to have, give yourself any chance— this is what you got to do. That that's what I was convinced of, and for and I understand that you on your own at twenty one, but he's been surrounded by enough people. There's enough people that have told him no. this this is an issue, yeah. and and you don't have to compare it to LeBron. Compare it to Draymond Green. Compare it to any of these other guys. Like, look, at some point in time, the light switch has to go on. Your body keeps okay, breaking down. Okay, hold on. That, that's a that's a a very very. That's a line I use all the time, the light switch. And what I say all the time, Doug, is growth is not linear. It's not. Whether you're talking about spiritual growth, uh, physical growth, mental growth, it's not linear. Growth in between the four lines or outside the four lines. You know what I mean? There's a drastic difference between Zach Randolph in, in Portland and Zach Randolph in Memphis. There's a drastic difference in the two. There's a drastic difference between JaVale McGee in, in, in Washington and JaVale McGee in Golden State and JaVale McGee in, in Phoenix. There's a drastic difference. You know I mean? Growth is not linear. The light yeah. comes on for different guys at different points throughout the course of their career. That's just fair. because Zion's a star, just because he's a star, we want to expedite the process. We would love, like, I want that LeBron light to come on in you right now at 21 years old. And growth is not linear. You know, I mean? who knows when that light's going to come on? You just hope that it does, and it's not too late. But we can't unfairly sit back and say, well, you know what? He should have it all figured out at 21 years old. When I know daggone well, I can sit here right now and tell you at 21 years old, I didn't have it all figured out. That's fair I point. I've been here at 46 years old, Doug, and there's still some things I'm trying to figure out. No question. You, you, you and me both, brother. Uh, let, me, let me ask you this. Do you think the Pelicans get frustrated and, and move on? No. No, it depends on what your definition of moving on is. I mean, trading him, right? I mean, look, people think he could be a free agent and leave, but the fact is that if he doesn't sign, they can make him a restricted free agent and they can match any offer. So truthfully, if they want to hold on to him, they can hold on to him. I'm just wondering if if, if they do everything to hold on to him. Yes, because he's a generational talent. What people forget is what we saw last year. What people forget is what we saw two years ago in his debut against San Antonio that Monday night. People forget that on a minutes restriction. I don't. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I, I disagree. I don't think anybody forgets. We don't forget Duke, but we remember his body broke down at Duke. We don't forget summer league, but his body broke down at summer league. We don't forget his rookie year, but his body broke down. We don't forget uh, last so year, but his body broke me, down. What you're telling me, what you're telling me right now, is we don't forget the negative parts. We no, no, no. We, we, no. It's, we, it's, no, 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 no. You're completely taking it the wrong way, Antonio. I'm going up. We, we, we say, all, everyone, everyone believes. Everyone I know believes this guy is a superstar if he can just stay on the court. And the most likely way to stay on the court is for him to get in the greatest shape of his life and to change everything he's doing for the better, just for his body. Nothing. It's nothing else. Okay, just get onto the court and he'll be a star. And he can. And like we're like four or five injuries how, how in. Did, how do you break his foot? I'm playing basketball. He broke his foot because I'm telling you exactly what he told me in the sit-down I had with him. I broke my foot because I was going so hard because I have such a chip on my shoulder from all the different things that I've heard. That's why I broke his foot. So he broke his foot trying to do exactly what you're referencing, 
trying to get in the best shape of his life because he hears this. And I told him before he left to go to Portland, they keep the receipts. Keep the receipts. As an athlete, you always the same way right now, Doug, you're remembering, oh, this, but, and then this happened, and then that happened. As an athlete, you keep the receipts and all of these different things from people on different platforms that have doubted you and made yeah. fun of you. and Exactly. Yeah. For straight motivation. Yeah. For straight motivation. I, I, I'm, I could not – I want this young man to succeed so much because of the kid that he is. He is such a fantastic young man. Agreed. And yes, he made, he made Duke likable. Right. Anto- Antonio. Barry. He made Duke likable. Barry. Yeah. Barry. And that is yeah. him. That is him in a nutshell. He's yeah. a fantastic young man. And I want him to get healthy. One, so he can flourish. Like this generational talent that we've seen, we all yep. know it's there. And yep. two, there's a lot of people that he needs to quiet down. Antonio Daniels, member of the Spurs 99 championship team, uh, the Kettle Analyst for the Pelicans. Tony, you the best. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate you, brother. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. What up, Doug Gottlieb Show? Fox Sports Radio. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Hope you're having a great day. The Doug Gottlieb Show broadcast every day from sunny Southern California. A reminder, check out the latest lines from World of Sports at BetRivers Sportsbook. BetRivers is the trusted name in online sports betting. You must be 21. President in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, and Pennsylvania. Play gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, okay, so Kobe Altman is now promoted, so they put Mike Ganzi, and they're like, how do I know that name? Ganzi and Pitsnoggle. Pitstago and Gansey. Remember when John Beeline was a coach at West Virginia? You're like, he was? Yeah. West Virginia, they beat Wake Forest and Chris Paul in one of the best NCAA tournament games I can remember. Like, I, I want to feel like it was like 111-104, something crazy like that. But West Virginia got to the Elite Eight with it that year, and Gansey and Pitstago were his two best players. Pitstago was the original, like, stretch five. Yeah. So, um, Kobe Altman who was just promoted the president of basketball operations, was previously the general manager, said this about having LeBron in Cleveland the second time around. This is on the Woj podcast. When you have a player the caliber of LeBron James, uh, the best player in the sport, you wake up every day thinking you're going to go to the finals. And that's not reality. It was an incredible run. We brought a championship to Northeast Ohio. But that wasn't reality. I think the last three years of rebuilding and rolling up your sleeves, replenishing assets, draft picks. That's more of a reality of of a of a NBA general manager. And to be quite honest with you, after that four-year run, we didn't have a foundation of really anything. We had immense talent during that four-year run, but when LeBron left, we fell flat on our face as a franchise. Yeah, so what, what what he's saying, and this is one of the issues is, and what's happened with LeBron in the past, which is, um, um, th- this is really interesting to me, is that what happens when you have a guy like LeBron and you see the thing falling apart, and, and this is honestly what the Lakers, I think, were smart to not make that move with John Wall is, you just, you, you make a move to go for it, then the next year you make a move to go for it. Then you're like, you know, we're just going to, we just keep acquiring bad contracts and having no chemistry and having no foundation. We're just kind of chasing postseason wins. And that, that is not sustained. That's not sustainable. 
That's not sustainable. Um, I, I saw this and I thought it was really quite telling. Um, it was really quite telling that the New York Times, uh, they they put out a, a, a piece of I mean, a, a piece, but there was a report in the New York Times that it's not a locked up cinch that Cleveland Cavaliers would want LeBron James back a third time around. You know, that, that's fascinating. He's from Akron. He played in Cleveland twice. He was drafted number one overall. He did bring a championship and an incredible comeback down three games to one against the Golden State Warriors. Why wouldn't you want him back? And, and the answer is, well, one, you got to ask yourself, why would the Lakers want to keep him? You know? So this is what LeBron, we're thinking of LeBron James and saying, well, we get LeBron James, you compete for a championship. Hold on, the Lakers have a LeBron James. They're not competing for a championship. Well, you know, they've had lots of injuries. Like, okay, Anthony Davis is currently out. He wasn't out the whole year. And we're not talking about LeBron James last year or the previous five years or even this year. We're not talking about him next year. We're talking about him the following year. Where the likelihood is that he won't maybe see a precipitous decline, but there'll be a decline in his play. There'll be a stronger likelihood of injuries. And there'll be games in which he has to sit uh, because he can't play back-to-backs. He can't play back-to-backs. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, I got to draft Bronny James, who, as of now, he's a good player. He's a good talent. Please don't go running back to social media and your friends like, Gottlieb said he sucks. But they just lost in the playoffs, okay? They have all Division I players, including a kid named Amari Bailey, who was playing with a sprained ankle, who was going to UCLA. He's not the best, the second best. He might not truly, if his name wasn't LeBron, uh, Bronny James, be a starter on that team. He's absolutely a college basketball player. Mid-major plus, high-major minus. And he's a guy who probably develops this summer into a reputation of, hey, he'll, he'll be a high-major player. But the step between that and being a one-and-done pro is remarkable. Now, I want you to keep this in mind. Dwayne Wade, one of the things that I, I haven't heard anybody mention, right? we do know that that uh, Dwayne Wade owns at least a portion of the Jazz, and I believe he also owns a portion of their G League team. Right? Do we know why? You're like, so weird. Why is Dwayne Wade an owner of, why the Utah Jazz? And the answer is quite simple. Um, he wanted a place for his son to play. He, what LeBron's doing is just a far bigger version of what Dwayne Wade's done. Dwayne Wade couldn't play anymore, couldn't stay in the league long enough, wanted to play with his son, and wants to give his son a great opportunity. So to give him a great opportunity, he basically bought his way in the league. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Do you know what the Salt Lake Stars record is? Does anybody know? Are they better way? Are they doing well or are they doing poorly? They're in last place. They have the worst record in G League. Why would that be? Well, there's all kinds of other mitigating factors, but a good portion of it is they played Dwayne Wade's son, who's not really ready for that. 
He's just not. Could he ultimately be a really good player in the G League and be a professional player overseas? Yes. Is he an NBA player? No. Should he be playing as much as he plays in the G League? No. But, you know, again, it's it's the same problem of if you're going to get LeBron, you're going to have to play him and play him huge minutes, and he's going to be 40 years old, and there'll be a lot of limitations there. And, oh, yeah, by the way, you'll have to have Bronny James on that roster too. Like, you're not winning with Bronny James. So if you're Cleveland, you're like, look, we're starting to win and make the playoffs without him. The idea of LeBron, if he was willing to take maybe a secondary role in a couple of years or third and you know, and and change his game some, it's a maybe, but he's not taking less than top dollar, and he's only coming if he brings Bronny James, and Bronny's gonna have to play too. That's a no thanks. I completely understand that. Completely understand that. That's from Mark Stein, by the way. Yes, uh, uh, John Ramos. Is this worse than nepotism? Like, at least in nepotism, I don't know. You know, you bring in your kid or something like that, and you kind of work him up. This is actually like having an NBA team shift their entire, like, you know, picking motion to, to take your child so that you can play with them. Well, like, it's, it's the it's the de- actually the different de- it's the dictionary definition of nepotism. Yeah, the practice among those with power of influence of favoring relatives or friends, especially by giving them jobs. That, that's what he'd be doing. Um, I don't look. Like, I mean, I understand it. Here's a guy who grew up without a dad. He wants to be the world's greatest dad, and what greater dad than be like, look, dude, I can get you in the door in the NBA, and the rest you're gonna have to take care of yourself. That's amazing. It's amazing. The problem is you're going to be beholden to play him, and he's not good enough to play. Like, they lost Friday night. I think he had four points. Like, he's a nice player. Like, let's not do, – do you know – does LeBron know how good those guys are? Now, look, if you want to – if you fast-forwarded three years and he's seen a dramatic transformation in his game and he's that caliber of player or, you know – Look, earlier this year, we had guys off the street, guys who hadn't played in a couple of years. Joe Johnson's, Isaiah Thomas's, get cups of coffee in the league because COVID had so many players out. On a year like that, yeah, maybe he gets a shot. Maybe he gets a 10-day. But that's not that's not what LeBron wants. LeBron wants Ken Griffey Sr., Ken Griffey Jr. The, the difference is Ken Griffey Jr. was one of the greatest baseball prospects we had ever seen. Bronny James is a nice player. Really smart kid for his age, good body, can really shoot now, but not, you know, he's just a good, solid player. So, I, I yeah, I do think he's kind of setting him up for failure. Okay. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Anyway, so, yeah, it was Mark Stein from the New York Times who covers the NBA, and uh, that's who he reported. And, and that's the idea. It's like, do you want LeBron James? Maybe. Right? Like, look, if LeBron comes in hat in hand, is like, look, man, I just want to come back. I'll play a couple games, maybe early in the year with my son. And then I want to be, you got Darius Garland, you got Jared Allen, you got other players. I'm just going to be, I'm going to be a third, you know, I'll be your third, fourth, fifth best player. Like, again, a year and a half from now, you don't need to pay me 45. I have more money than God. Okay. I got a billion dollars in the bank. I'll play for like 10, 15 and we'll call it good. You make you you draft Bronny. He plays a couple of games. Spends most of the year in the G League. We'll call it good. That I would be down for. But there has never been a moment 
where LeBron James has given you any sense that his ego would be in a place that he would offer that up. Remember, this is a guy who uh, sued because he had a show called The Shop, which is like barbershop talk, saying basically he invented the barbershop talk concept on television, which, what are we talking, what are we doing? Literally a scene out of a 40-year-old, 35-year-old movie coming to America, which has been remade. And as Rob Parker has said, he had a TV show in Detroit with the same idea 20 years ago. This is a guy who on the shop said he knew he was the greatest player ever when they came from three games to one down. Like LeBron's a lot of things that are really good. His ego being in a place where he could take a subsidiary or tertiary role that is not him 